Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's going on, Tyler? Uh, not a lot, Mike. Not a lot at all. How have you been? Um, I, I, I've been pretty good. Um, it, it was a nice long uh, weekend. It was my birthday uh, on Monday, so I enjoyed... A lot of drinks last weekend to celebrate my birthday. You're going to be an old man, Mike. I must I am, say, I am getting pretty old. Um, I, after having those drinks, I regretted it, which is something new at this for me at this age. That is when you know you're getting old. Is when you have a night out, and then it's just like oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, and then and then trying to go the next day was that's just <laughs> good tool for that. Just put you out for the weekend. That was it. Your Friday um, night ended the weekend. Yeah, I can't say that anyone at work has been um, pleased to work with me up until maybe you know later in the week when I've <laughs> got on hangover. Those hangovers last for a couple of days. Once you you know all you kids out there, drink them while you can because uh, those hangovers start lasting longer and longer. Oh man, I'm I'm not looking forward to it. Like you're bumming me out already. Yeah, good luck. One it'll, it'll happen soon, real soon. Sneaks up on you. It also could be just like my liver is saying that you've you've had enough. <laughs> a decade was too long. A decade of drinking is far too long. You've ruined me now. <laughs> I, I, I'm banking on the fact that by the time I really need another body part or a, or a vital organ, they'll be able to grow those things in a lab like over the weekend and just sew you up. No Here deal. you go. You're good. It'll be like, like getting your car fixed. Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. You just, you know, you'd probably be a fucking app for that. You know, just like boop boom, hook <laughs> yourself up to your phone, and probably the phone's already inside of you somehow. And it's like you need a new liver. Please stop by <laughs> medical facility at three a three p.m. on Saturday. It's like, okay, I'll get on that. It's the third one this year. <laughs> Well, I'm looking ones, forward to the future. The new ones they grow just aren't as good, man. They never are. You know, they just don't last as long. But they're getting better every 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 year. <laughs> Thank God for science. Oh man, There's so many ways I could take this. I just I just don't think we should talk about any of them. Yeah, let's let's not take it anywhere, and let's get right back into what we've been uh, doing over the last few weeks, uh, doing some of the team previews going around the NBA and. Uh, started with some of the teams that really didn't have too much turnover. So we started with the Golden State Warriors because they basically had no turnover. And um, we've gone through, what, about 11, about 11 uh, teams now, including Boston and Cleveland. So I know the uh, the trade was finalized today uh, with an extra second-round pick thrown in by the Celtics. So that trade is official, so we don't have to go back and delete the the last podcast we did about Cleveland and Boston. So that's that's a positive thing. I mean, I didn't ever think it was not going to get done. Um, they told him his hip was messed up. I mean, they even said that when they announced the trade, right? That like part of the reason we did that gave them so much is we knew Isaiah's hip was the hip up. is the hip is questionable. Are you um, so actually uh, public service announcement on hashtag basketball dot com? The uh, fantastic Mark Roberts has released his NBA projections. So if you are looking for rankings for head-to-head in Roto or just looking at uh, for projections for next year, Mark Roberts, uh, one of the originators of doing the uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast, pretty much gave both of us uh, a start in the in the Fantasy Basketball Podcasting world, um, has released those on. So go check on, on hashtag basketball.com. Go look for those rankings right now. And they are absolutely fantastic, so you should check them out. Yeah, I, I really trust uh, his rankings a lot. I used them what, last year, a couple of years ago, um, well, the last time he uh, released them anyway, uh, to, for most of my drafts. And I was I'm, I'm very pleased with them. I think uh, there's some discrepancies, and we are uh, hoping – I think it's good. It's pretty positive. I'm, I'm not going to make an official announcement, but uh, the Mark Roberts will be on this show to uh to take a um, a licking on all the things we disagree with on his his rankings 
he, he's probably going to take us to school. But... Yeah, I know. He's going to show us up pretty badly because he's a professional. We'll be like that kid at the uh, rec center trying to guard Ben Simmons. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Was that all over Twitter? Yeah, Ben Simmons like just played some like random rec league game and was just trashing old men and and young fools. That's that's great. I've always wanted to like. There's something about and I, I it was on one of those old um, you know probably like late night. It wasn't Letterman. It was it was probably Conan or something uh, where Chris Bosh played one-on-one against like the staff. Like, so each staff member had to like wait in line to play one-on-one at Bosch. And he was just like swatting people left and right. And it was like, I think it would be pretty cool really for any sport to see what that a professional athlete, especially like a high end professional athlete can do against regular people. Whether that's like, you know, a professional golfer golfing on your local golf course or seeing someone like Neymar Messi actually dribble the ball like in front of you, like just make you look like a fool. I any of those things would I, I would love to see in person. Well, I and mean, we talk about this sometimes. You know, it's all relative. I mean, like the we say, oh, this guy's a crap basketball player, right? And he plays in the NBA. Like if you saw him in front of your own eyes against the average person, he would be the greatest basketball player you've ever seen. Oh yeah, there was that whole. Um, take on Scalabrini uh, challenge after Scalabrini retired. And Brian Scalabrini is probably the best basketball player anyone anyone has ever seen outside of like 500 people alive. I'm, I'm like, you know, playing one-on-one, playing in the exact same arena. Oh, yeah. So don't, don't challenge, don't challenge former professionals. Uh, don't try to join the big three. Don't, don't do any of those things if you are a broke ass rec league player. <laughs> uh, that's factually correct. Oh, so we're talking about the rankings. And if you don't follow at hash basketball, you should already be doing that. And if you don't fart, uh, follow uh, Mark Roberts at Mark, that's with a C M A R C F Roberts. You, you should take some lessons from Mark Roberts's handle. Tyler, you're, you're four fours. Uh, looks like crap compared to Mark's just his name. Twitter handle. His, his middle name doesn't start with F. I guarantee it. No. Call it right Mark, now. Mark fucking Roberts is, <laughs> is what that stands for. Um, what I wanted to get at is that do you think, uh, knowing a little bit more that, you know, Isaiah's injury is, is looming out there, might might start the season, might not start the season. Are you, uh, are you lowering him on your uh, scale from the last time we talked about him? No, but I mean, I think the injury was part of it for me in the sense that I, I said last time that I was a little bit lower on him. I mean, I know he didn't finish the season. He didn't have surgery, which that's always kind of a worry to me, right? If you have the surgery, a lot of times you come back healthy, especially with the medical care a lot of these guys can get and afford. Um, when you don't have the surgery, you just kind of go on a rehab route. And I mean, you people in everyday life, professional basketball players, um, just happened to the Miami Dolphins quarterback, right? He was going to be fine with rehab, and then, like, he blew his knee out in the first practice. I mean, I think we see that a lot where maybe rehab isn't the best way to go sometimes. I, I don't know how long the recovery from that surgery, surgery would actually take. I didn't think it would take the entire season. So it's not like if he did the surgery, he wouldn't have played for his contract this year, you know? Um so uh, it, it makes more sense to, I, I think, to take the surgery, come back, you know, a little bit into the season and play very recover and play very well versus having that question mark looming over you. And, you know, heaven forbid something happens to IT this year. So if the, question is, if the question is, if we're drafting today, where am I taking him? I mean, yeah, he, what, what do you think? He probably slips into my third round in a 12-team league at this point. And I think the mobility might only be down instead of up unless we we're actually seeing him out there playing in the preseason and looking like the old IT. Yeah, and I think a lot of the rankings end up uh, moving around once we start seeing these teams, how they're actually good as uh, put their starting five out there and how people are actually playing. Um, I lowered IT to uh, – actually had IT – Following and in, falling into the beginning of the third round, without thinking about his um, 
the, that the injury could actually impact how many games he he plays this year. So I might consider uh, moving him down into the middle of the third round. Um, would you rather have Eric Bledsoe than IT right now? <sighs> I think that's uh, where he's fallen to. In you know that's it's kind of that coin flip area. I mean, Bledsoe's not the healthiest guy in the world. Um, I would probably stick with IT at, at this moment, but all rights reserved if IT's looking not healthy toward the beginning of the season to switch that I, up. I think that's fair. So yeah, um, feel free to chime in on what you think about IT's rankings. Uh, we are going to go after Mark uh, pretty soon on these rankings, so feel free to, you know what, at him, you know, tweet at him about his rankings. I'm sure he'll really enjoy that. And I think we should just get right into the next team on our list for uh, previews for this year. What do you think? Let's talk about a tire fire of all tire fires. Oh my God. You know what? It's weird because we started talking about tire fires like two episodes ago when we had only gotten through like six or seven teams. The rest of the teams on, on the for like the other half of the, the other two thirds of the league are like well, well into tire fire land. They're all pretty trash. Yeah, I mean, there's in there's a couple. Especially the back end of some of these rotations, man. Like I'm, I'm pulling my hair out, going, "How many minutes to give this bomb? How many minutes to give this bomb? How many minutes to give this bomb?" Yeah, and like, how long are they going to give? You know, well, let's just get right into it. We are talking about the Orlando Magic, um, a team that some casual fans probably forget exists uh, due to the fact that they're never on national TV. They don't deserve to be on national TV. Um, and they've had a big fat question mark on what the hell they're actually doing. Um, just like what are, what players are they bringing in? Why are they trying to make Aaron Gordon a three when he's obviously way better at the four? Uh, they had, they had Serge, they traded for Serge Ibaka and then traded him away in this exact same season. Um, Stuff like that. Like, what's going on over there? I have no idea. We made fun of Scott Skiles a few years ago when he was coach about not playing his best player, Victor Oladipo, and that, being – That was the beginning of just this this hate relationship with the Orlando Magic, and it didn't end. They got rid of Skiles. And, and, and Vogel and might have been worse. He was just as bad, yeah. if not worse. How was I mean, Vogel worse? We, we, we thought Vogel would, was shaping up that place, and he certainly didn't. He refused to play Aaron Gordon and Vucevic, who are his two best players now. So yeah, the uh, what they they brought in the, the, this they're the whole Biombo thing just never made any sense. They I brought thought, in um, Jonathan Simmons and Maurice Speeds, um, who who's who maybe played twenty five minutes combined, right? I mean, like, who, are these guys going to get a ton of minutes? Like, I just don't no. really see it. They lost C.J. Watson and Jody Meeks. They drafted Jonathan Isaac. Um, they didn't really do anything different from last year. So what's the most interesting thing on this team coming in in the next season? Um, do they play Aaron Gordon? I mean, that, that's that's the most interesting thing to me. I, 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 do they play Aaron Gordon correctly? I think you're right. I think that's the most intriguing fantasy um, plot line for this team because uh, some people might say, you know, is Alfred Payton finally going to figure out um, how to be a point guard in this league and take the next step. Uh, But to me, Aaron Gordon is the most intriguing player uh, on the squad. And and the reason is during the uh, final stretch of last year, uh, Aaron Gordon looked kind of like a monster and he's got that ability. He's, he's got the, uh, the one in one ability that we talk about a lot. He's a guy who can hit threes. He's uh, athletic to grab, uh, snag a lot of rebounder rebounds. He can score. He's got great percentages. He's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's probably a bit more valuable in roto leagues than head to head leagues, but this guy has a fantasy wet repertoire he could easily be a top 50, top 40 player if he's playing probably at the four and playing over 32 minutes a game this year. Yes, which I don't think is going to happen. Ah, so that the hot take is you don't think he's going to be worthwhile. I, I ran the rotation, okay, and this team has literally junk at the four, okay? 
Um, other guys who are going to play the four probably other than him are Jonathan Isaac, who, okay, he's a, he is a four. But then you got Biombo and Spates. I mean, they're they're light on big men. So you got Vucevic, Biombo, Spates, Isaac, Gordon. They're their only big men they got pretty much. But you think so, they're, they're light on big men, but you don't think he's going to play at the four? No, because just like last year, they ran Vucevic and Biombo together in a terrible lineup. They're going to run Spates with Vucevic and Biombo out there and clog up minutes there. They're going to play Isaac some at the four. I think Gord's probably going to – he's going to go up from 28, but I still think Villagol is dumb enough to only give him 30 minutes a night. I, I don't know what they're wasting their time for, right? They have this um, really stellar athletic NBA talent in, in Aaron Gordon. Jonathan Isaac is uh, someone who I so if you're you know the keeper leagues or dynasty leagues Jonathan Isaac someone I would be targeting uh, simply because he's got that uh, that that same ability to get you stats across the board he's going to be a fancy darling if he can you know a couple years in the league when he's playing thirty plus minutes and maybe he's on a different team um, both of those guys have so much talent sitting there. Why why are they wasting their time trying to find like a proper rotation? Why aren't they just saying be the worst possible team po- you know, like throw them out to the dogs, let them run each 33 34 minutes out there, get a lot of experience playing against other teams. Why not go the Philly route and just be terrible? Well, and okay, I get you paid Biombo this big contract cuz maybe you thought he was going to be something that he's never been in his career, but I mean, what why are we playing even playing this guy? Like most Bates. Why did we get him? And the guy's like, what, like 35 years old? It's like... It, yeah, in what world did it make sense to sign that guy, especially when you had Aaron Gordonson there who needed more minutes? Um, so that, I don't really know. I just don't think they're going to actually do it. Um, I think that Gordon is going to be a guy who goes a little bit higher than I'm willing to pick him, which is not a thing that happens often for the Magic. But I think Gordon will get a lot of hype as a breakout player, especially as we get closer to draft season. And... I just think Vogel only gives him 30 minutes a night because he's Frank Vogel and he does what he wants and he thinks he's smarter than you. Yeah, and I think if a lot of people remember, Aaron Gordon was a sexy pick in the last draft um, for last year. And that is because during the preseason, he had a couple very impressive games and people latched onto that. And I think you're right, the exact same thing's going to happen right before a lot of people's drafts and you are not going to get a deal in the draft on Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the rest of this team, they do actually have a handful of standard league value guys, but they're all pretty flawed. Uh, let's start at the top of that list with uh, Nikolai Vujovic, one of the uh, old sloppy white centers who, when he came into the league, everybody's like, man, that guy's, that guy's going to be good. And then the league evolved around him into not needing his skills at all, which led to him uh, losing minutes on the Orlando Magic team, a guy who was even in 28, almost 29 minutes last year, still got double digit rebounds, which is a um, double digit rebounds is actually like a kind of a rare stat. Now, uh, not a lot of guys are getting into the, into the double digits anymore. And I'll throw this out there. This is going to be a guy I'll probably own some because he has gotten himself undervalued in fantasy by this was the one thing Scott Skiles did. I can hate on that guy all I want, but he did one thing. He figured out how to get Vucevic a block a game. And now, even though the guy plays 29 minutes, he's got a steal, he's got a block, he's got those big rebounds that nobody gets. He can shoot a three, not very much, but he's got he got point three last year, so not bad. And I guarantee you he falls into like the 70-80 range, and he's probably a top 50 player. Yeah, if if he can... If those minutes stay where they were, right around 30, he's a top 50 player. And like you're saying, who who else is going to get those minutes? Who's going to play at the five for 30 minutes a game? Um, it's, it's, it's Vujovic. And getting those double-digit rebounds. And actually what uh, you mentioned, getting a, a, almost a, you know, like what, 0.3 a game? 0.33s a game? That's hard to say. I think – he can approach one three a game this year. He shows he can hit that three. I don't know why he wouldn't be working on that three during the off season. He's only 26 years old. 
So he's proved he can shoot that three. If that three, if he gets to like one point two threes a game, that he's more than a, 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 a barely a top fifty player because you get your one and one. Now his percentages aren't great for a big man, so that's that's always annoying. Especially the field goal is something you want, but being able to get the rest of those stats and like a, a one one and one guy, um, he's a he'll be a sneaky uh, later round pick that will uh, definitely bring back proper uh, value on your pick. Uh, this this Orlando team, this Orlando team is probably home to two of the. These are my favorite guys. Every moron going into your draft is like, oh man, I got the perfect sleeper. You don't even know. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you before the draft. I'm not going to tell you my sleeper. And it's going to be Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. Congratulations, you had the sleeper that ESPN wrote about two three days before the draft as number one sleepers to look out for. And Alfred Payton is 100% going to be on everybody's sleeper list. He's 23 years old. He had a very nice second half uh, of the season last year, approaching uh, 10 assists a game. So he ended up with 6.5 assists per game over the season last year. But during the during the second half, he was uh, close to eight. He can get you a steal a game. He gets you half a block, which for a point guard is is pretty nuts. But you know what else, which is not that nuts, is the half a three a game. That's that's something I do not want to see from my point guard. And his percentage, his free throw percentage is worse than Vujovic's. Um, but he does end up getting a um, very high rebound count for a guard. So uh, what do you what do you like about Alfred Payton? Do you see him kind of a figuring out this year or is this going to be another one of those uh, another bust it's going to be the frank vogel effect i think he's still only going to get the 29 minutes i mean they only really have dj augustine and shelvin mack to play behind him which i mean neither are great point guard options but i still think they'll find a way to only give alfred payton 29 minutes um how is how is that possible and how is that even possible that a team with absolute trash on their bench is considering playing their only young talent like 28 minutes a game. Because Frank Vogel just wants to like play the I'm smarter than you card. I, I, I seriously think this is it. He wants to go, oh, you guys think I'm going to play by guys 32 minutes a night. Well, I think everybody should only play 30 minutes a night. Like, okay, Frank, man, whatever yeah, works. That makes sense if you're destroying teams like the, the Golden State Warriors or the, the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, take some nights off. Play 28 minutes a game. Rest for the playoffs. This team isn't going to – this team is on the short list of teams who might not make the playoffs um, before the Bulls. The Bulls might make the playoffs before the Orlando Magic. Um, okay, well, I'll throw this question out there because I think the answer is very slim. How many players – on this team are, are starters on a playoff caliber team. Who starter starters or 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 on a, get on a playoff caliber team? Twenty foot play can play twenty five minutes a night on a playoff caliber team. Hmm. One, maybe two, and I th- I think Isaac may groom into the two. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count him just because I haven't seen him play. But I think Aaron Gordon can play. He's got the he can play 25 minutes a game, and uh, Vujovic is is super competent. He can play 25 minutes a game. Oh, I think Vujovic is still their best player right now. He's definitely their best fancy player. Um, I think he's their best real life player. To be honest with you, he he's not a great defender. But has Aaron Gordon really shown you anything that he's a spectacular defender? Sure, he gets some stats, but I mean. Now, granted, they've tried playing him out of position a lot last season, and that made him look worse than he was. But he hasn't really shown me that he's any lockdown stud defender. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. Uh, Alfred Payton is definitely going to be um, going to be standard league relevant. I, so, I would, uh, 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 I would probably rank them Vujovic, Gordon, Payton in that order. Is, is Payton a top fifty player? Mm, that's a tough question. I think his ceiling is top fifty. And I don't think he hits his ceiling. So let's just say no. I'm with you. And I think that he's probably going to be drafted as a top 50 player. So I'm not super interested. Yeah. Someone's going to, someone's going to reach hundred percent. Reach for him at a ceiling. 
hundred percent chance. Let's let me go back and see if I put Peyton in my top in my top fifty to make sure I'm not just lying to everyone. I might got a little hype on hyped on him and then decided to. Uh, you were reading those ESPN articles, man. Yeah, you know, I was doing some math and maybe thinking he can do it. No, I don't think I have him in my top fifty. So not a liar. Nice try, everybody. Um, the rest of this squad, I mean, we've 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 reviewed a few teams that legitimately had no one we could recommend. So at least this squad has three people we we recommend getting in the t- who are top one hundred players. The Miami Heat were we weren't even sure uh, outside of Whiteside, you know, like what and, and Dragic is like how how is the rest of this team going to look? Um, they got two other guys here on the fringe of the top one hundred too. I would I would say yeah, that's, and so that's and Terrence Ross. I mean, do you think either one of them I, take a uh, significant leap or drop from this from what they did well, last year? Um. Here's what I'll say. I think Evan Fournier is what he is. He played 33 minutes a game last year. He's not going to get any more than that. He offers you no blocks, which I, I don't like to see, and he only offers you one steal, which isn't great. But his 17 points are pretty nice, especially at the point in the draft where you can usually select him. Um, I think he could be a, a top 100 player, but we're talking 90 to 100 probably. Maybe he pushes up into the 80s if he can shoot a few more threes and – you know, just get lucky with some bounces on some steals and some blocks. Um, yeah, he, he is 24, so he does have the capability of possibly improving. But I, I think you're right that we've seen his peak. We've at least seen his ceiling, and that ceiling isn't isn't approaching the top 50. I'm with you there, yeah. And then Terrence Ross, I mean, he was the 97th player in – uh, total value last year in 78 games at playing 25 minutes a night. I think he could easily get 25 minutes a night on this team. So, I mean, I don't think the ceiling is super high, but I think his ceiling is probably about where Evan Fournier is. And he's a bit of a one-trick pony. He shoots some threes. He'll score every once in a while. Um, I will I will give him this. I, I am surprised he's able to uh, get the occasional block here and there. So that's a little impressive. He can get a, he can get a half a block a game, in um, if he's approaching you know twenty five twenty five thirty minutes. So that's kind of interesting, but similar to Evan Fournier, he's not going to suddenly take a huge leap. I think we all know who he is going to be. Um, looking at the rest of this team, I don't think really anyone else is standard league relevant. I know uh, I would say Bismack Biombo is a fun streamer. Uh, for those deeper head-to-head leagues, because he always gets you uh, the uh, an insane amount of rebounds, e- even though he only played like 18 minutes during the game. Um, and when he when he, I mean, if Vucevic is out, and you think, oh, he's going to get in all 26, 28 minutes. I mean, sure, pick him up if you want. Um, he's going to tank your free throw percentage, but and he's not going to score any points or shoot any threes or steal the ball or really get you much for assists, but he's going to get rebounds and he's going to get blocks. So. Yeah. And um, it's really disappointing because, um, you know, what, two seasons ago, he was a real fine on the waiver um, and, and just blew up when he was on Toronto and, and got paid and then uh, disappeared. So that's too bad. I think he's, he's fully disappeared for dynasty keeper leagues. We've already mentioned Jonathan Isaac. I think he's definitely the best prospect on this team that isn't going to be in a standard league draft so i'd I'd rather go with aaron gordon if i had to choose between the two are are we all done with mario hazonia is it Um, time to move on here everybody how how many wins have the magic had in the last three years uh ones that i've seen uh, actually like on tv or registered uh, none i've seen i've seen zero magic games in the last three years and Mario Zonia has still not gotten a lick of minutes. So he's weird in the sense that he seems like he should be a really good athlete. Like when you actually see him take the court, he's like super athletic, but he kind of doesn't have a position or they Frank Vogel and Scott Skiles haven't figured out what position he should actually play. And he always just looks bad. I mean, I, he's young still, I think, but He's a, he's still incredibly young. He's like he's twenty two. It'd probably be twenty three this year, I think, um, or this season anyway. But here's here's one of my problems with the the young guys. I, I, everybody likes the young prospects. Everybody's interested in the young prospects. They want to know um, if he's got anything. And so, 
when Aaron Gordon was young, you know, every once in a while he'd get the um, opportunity to play close to 30 minutes, even though he was probably only averaging, you know, like 17 or 18. And he would put up a great stat line. And you'd go, oh, who's this guy? And there's been no actual flashes. There's never, there's not one really legitimate stat line from last year that I'm looking at that I go, damn, Mario Hazonia. The only one I can find is from the end of the year, two seasons ago, he had 19 and seven assists with five steals in three three-pointers. That's great, but that was two years ago. So what do I care? Well, without the without the flashes, I'm not interested in this guy in, in the long term. Well, and here's the thing too. I mean, it's it's hard to do this when he doesn't get like any minutes, but he got almost 15 minutes a game last year. So, well, down the stretch, he was he was over 20. Even, and so, yeah. and and so, if you're you're looking at the numbers and you want to kind of like average it out to 30, the numbers still don't look good. <laughs> no, they really don't. You know what I mean? So it's like if that's his ceiling is he's going to play 30 minutes a night for someone and those numbers still look like a barf bucket, he's probably a barf bucket. You know what? You know what? Uh, we need a name for this too. So uh, well, we were looking for the name of, of of someone who basically is good enough to be in a standard league, but you leave him on the waiver wire anyway because you just you just don't care about him. And uh, one of our loyal listeners, Dennis Lopez, he went with the paste guy. I think it's pretty good. For, uh, he used it for Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee, the guy who probably should be on someone's team, but nobody really wants to put him on your team because he's, he's never going to be anything better than the 120th player. I like that. I like we, that too. We, we, we need a, um, a name for the guy who is like the Mario Hazonia. It's a sexy name. But it's the ultimate trick in an auction draft. You throw his name out there and you pray that someone bids two dollars, and then when yeah. someone does, you're like, "Ha ha!" Because I've been idiots. I've been using craptastic for years, and it's just not cutting it anymore. You know who's a, another good one? Derek Rose is a good one of those. Derek uh, Rose, I hope, oh, please, please, for the love of God, someone bid on this. Luckily, I live in Chicago. Someone always bids on that. Mike, you're going to be owning Derek Rose this year. I can see it coming. No, I'm not. I'm not playing that game this year. He's he's being the backup point guard, though. For the first couple of weeks of the season, if it isn't back, Derek Rose is going to have standard league value for the first couple of weeks. So, yeah, wouldn't be the worst thing to have on a head to head. Always got to work in your Derek Rose love. Listen, Derek Rose is the is the biggest tragedy in the history of the NBA. Don't even come at me, anybody. Don't even come at me, Celtics fans, or Orlando fans with Penny Hardaway. Don't even come at me. Don't even come at me. The biggest tragedy of all time. Is Derrick Rose not being the MVP for the last five years? So I'm just saying. Let's uh, let's move on before I wax on about Derrick Rose and cry over and watch his uh, highlight film for the next two hours, uh, which is something I've definitely done. Um, who's next? Oh God! Did you think it could get worse than Orlando? I know it gets worse than Orlando, sadly. It definitely gets worse than Orlando. The Brooklyn Nets. This is... You know, they're better than they were, and they're still an abomination. I will give them... Yeah, I will give them this, though. For the first time, I'm I'm a little bit interested in um, the potential of someone on this team. And so if you all were paying attention during the off season, uh, Brooke Lopez was traded to the Lakers and they ended up getting uh, Timothy Mozgov's Timofey Mozgov's terrible, terrible contract, but they also got D'Angelo Russell and allowing D'Angelo Russell to run for, you know, probably 34 minutes plus a game, a team by himself where he can shoot as much as he wants becomes pretty interesting to me. To me, that is the most interesting thing going on in the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they have two, actually, guys who could get interesting, and Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell. Um, I'm just worried that D'Angelo Russell hype train gets out of control again like it did for the Lakers, but 
Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's definitely going to be out of control. It already it probably already is out of control. The good news is I think they're going to play him as a two guard, which is really his best position. Um, I hope and I hope so because that allows Jeremy Lin to to be on the court with him to get thirty minutes a game. And when Jeremy Lin's playing thirty minutes a game, um, he's a very good fantasy asset. Yeah, and I mean he kept having that hamstring injury last year. Am I wrong about that? And just seemed like it kept coming back, coming back. So you kind of hope this isn't the end of Jeremy Lin. You kind of hope that that's gone. It seemed like it was reoccurring, right? So um, you would hope an entire off season he'd be able to to move on from that. Yeah, and then hamstring injuries are one of those things where it usually goes one of two ways: either you have an off season and you're good, or it just keeps cropping back up. So that's a little bit of a worry to me. But I think that he's going to go late enough in drafts where he's going to be worth the pick. Yeah, unless you're playing with some of the uh, the sneaky fantasy basketball type players who kind of are, are on that Lin scent, and I don't know if Lin scent should be a thing I ever say again. But if you're on that Lin, he's gonna he's someone's gonna reach for Jeremy Lin because they're gonna be like, "Haha, sneaky pick! I got him at the right value." And you you don't want to draft Jeremy Lin at the right value. You want to draft him past the sixth round or or later. Because he's going to be uh, a very great, a very great value after the sixth round and later, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, this team also ended up pulling in Damari Carroll, and and uh, paying. Um, oh no, no, never mind. I always forget who paid and who traded. They ended up trading for Damari Carroll and trading for Alan Crabb. So really, a really good example of what a team with no assets can do, uh, or with really one asset. Uh, but no, no, no uh, draft picks can do to actually try to rebuild. Um, so take note, Chicago Bulls. Uh, they also drafted Jared Allen and uh, ended up um, losing everyone's uh, Mario Hazonia type player, KJ McDaniels, who was a real sexy fancy name a couple of seasons ago, but uh, obviously never put that together. Yeah, um, the, I'd say the other interesting standard league guy in this might be Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Um, he was barely a standard league guy last year, but he only played 22.6 minutes. Um, he's never going to be a scorer. He can't really shoot the ball. But he does some interesting things in those block and steal categories, um, and he's a good rebounder. I, I'm not sure what you think as far as minutes go, but if he gets 28 minutes a night, he could be a decent standard league guy. Yeah, I, I was kind of interested in his game uh, when he was a rookie. You could see that his steals could approach elite levels, I think. And I don't and it's one, it goes back to one of those questions. Why in the world aren't they playing this young talent to get him experience? Is this the year they, you know, take the chains off and and say or take the gloves off and say, you know, uh Ronda get the hell get out there, play 32 minutes a game. And, uh, and and start locking down people on defense and, and, and getting a ton of steals. You're well, right in that, that he's never going to be a shooter, but... Here's why I think you don't play a guy like him 32 minutes a night. Is, yeah, he's a great defender, but he's a zero on offense, right? I mean, the only thing I think he can do is dunk the ball with any regularity. And so it's hard to mask that guy for a really long time unless you got some really good offensive players around him that can kind of create their own shots. If the defense knows they don't have to guard one guy at all ever, that kind of really stagnates your offense. Yeah, it completely ruins what you're trying to do. And that actually, when you when you start thinking about it like that, and you look at, um, you look at the fact that he won't be able to spread the floor for D'Angelo Russell, you, you you might want to start wondering, oh, is he is he going to hinder uh, Lynn and D'Angelo Russell, who really like the driving lanes, who really need those driving lanes to to succeed uh, on offense? And maybe which, maybe they put him in the second team, but I, which, I still think he should approach thirty minutes a, a night. Which is a big reason why I think they got Alan Crabb. Because I mean, say what you want about Alan Crabb, and he's not a great defender, and He's not super amazing for fantasy, but I could see him getting a lot of minutes because he's a good three-point shooter. He's going to space the floor. He's going to score a little bit. And, I, I mean, I think he's going to get minutes just because he fits well with some of those other pieces they have. Is Alan Crabb a standard league player? He was a standard league player last year, 120th ranked. Yeah, I mean, he, he barely made the grade. 
Is he a standard in, league player? Totals. For, for me, uh, he's not a guy I want just because there's no blocks and no steals. Um, and I've been against Alan Crabb and that big contract for a while now. Um, I wrote about how he was not worth the contract on hashtag basketball. And, and some people railed me for that. And I, I stand by that. He was literally one of the top 30 paid players last season. He was one that's, of the 30 highest paid players. He's never going to be a top 30 player in the league. So we, we overshot with the money. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think he does all right in Brooklyn, but I'm not excited for him for fantasy. Really? The percentages are nice. Um, is he is he kind of a roto league special guy for you, in the sense that his percentages are real good, so he's not going to hurt you there, and he can boost your points and threes, which it may be difficult to do later on in your draft. Um, if I if I'm in a standard uh, roto league, he's still for me um, a very late round draft pick, um, probably tenth round or later, and. It's simply because I think he can get you threes, but like you're saying, he doesn't get any of those other st- uh, those counting stats. His assists are really bad, which I mean, right there, he used to be able to get by on on hitting over two threes a game, and I think he can average over two threes a game this season. Um, but he doesn't score outside of really hitting those threes, which is not great. Well, he didn't in Portland, and that's I guess yeah, he didn't get the ball a lot in Portland, so that's fair is that he kind of looks a little bit better this season in Brooklyn and takes a step forward. Um, I honestly think he's probably one of those guys who's valuable enough for a standard league, but he's on the waiver wire in most leagues because people are shooting for guys with more night-to-night upside. Yeah, he's he's simply more valuable in in Roto than he is in head-to-head. Roto, I I think he can, per game even, maybe uh, flirt with the top 100. That's not impressive. Like top one hundred player is after after eighty or so, unless you're in one of those, you know, unless you're in a very big league, um, then everybody after that's still very important too. But after eighty or so, a lot of those guys are really interchangeable with um, the eighty to hundred. A lot of them are, ch- are interchangeable with the hundred to hundred and twenty. So. Some nights he's going to be good. Some nights he's not. Uh, at least he has a little bit more upside when it comes to playing time. So that might be something to consider when drafting him. But 10th round or later for me in a Roto League. Um, the question to me is really what they do at the 4 and 5. Um, I could see him, you know, bumping some of these wing types down to the 4. But that 5 position, I mean, they really only have Mozgov. Maybe some Trevor Booker they play there. And then Jared Allen. So Jared Allen, I think, could be somewhat interesting later on in the year if he proves to actually be an NBA player, which I really liked him in the draft process leading up. He seems like he's really athletic. He's still a little bit undersized, but beating out Timothy Mozgov for minutes isn't the most difficult thing in the world to do. So in a deeper league, I mean, I could see drafting him in a deeper league as kind of a stash and hope that midway through the year you got something. Yeah, same with dynasty and keeper leagues. Um, I, I I'm not sure Jared Allen's game translates to fantasy stud, but he's someone who's going to get the opportunity to play this year for sure. Um, and as the season goes on, he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot more because the Lakers didn't have anyone sitting in the center spot either, and all they had was Mozgov, and Mozgov played 20 minutes a night. I'm not sure Mozgov Mozgov's what gonna play 25 minutes a night for Brooklyn. Who's gonna get the rest of those minutes? And I think this is a mistake that we make a lot is when guy has never played a lot of minutes and he gets to be 28 or 30 years old, the rest of those teams missed something. Right? If the most he's ever played is 25 minutes and he's now 31 years old, I don't think he's gonna play more than 25 minutes. It's not that the Lakers or Denver or the other teams he was on, the Knicks, didn't know what they were doing. Cleveland, it's that he's not that good. Don't yeah, fool yourself. I, I, I don't think as, as incompetent as a lot of organizations are in coaching um, areas. I actually, well, as a lot as as as, as incompetent as a lot of people are, and I, I think Luke Walton, obviously not not incompetent, pretty smart guy, pretty good at coaching. Uh, he knew Mozgov couldn't play. 
Uh, Brooklyn, they might they're they're a bit more incompetent over there, so they might go okay, Miles Golf, let's let's see what you got, and it might take them a month or so to realize they shouldn't be playing him about twenty minutes a game like he did last year. Uh, but that that just means Jared Allen has to play, he has to play more minutes. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Even if they're going to go super small, Allen's going to see the court, and in a deep league, that could be useful, right? Right off the bat. You think Booker could get any time at the at the five? I think he's going to see some, like, especially once they figure out that Mozgov is a, bad. a trash person. Yeah. Um, and Booker kind of had a weird year last year. I mean, we can talk about that if, if you want, but I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere to be a standard league relevant player there for a while and then kind of hit the skids and became what we thought he would be. Um, he was yeah. the eight, he was the 92nd ranked player in 24.7 minutes a night and he only played 71 games and I'm looking at total value. So, yeah, he I had think, a good season. I think a lot of people are gonna uh, maybe casual um, fantasy basketball people are gonna look at that, and the people who are kind of heavy. I, I would say these are the uh, baseball fantasy people who are really heavy into making some spreadsheets, which I do respect. I I, I make a lot of spreadsheets on my own, um, and they're gonna look at what Trevor Booker did last year. They're going to calculate what he's is probably going to do this year. They're going to put the minutes in there and the projections, and they're going to go, oh, he's going to be a top 100 player, definitely. And Trevor Booker's not going to be a top 100 player. Um, I, I'd actually venture to say Trevor Booker's probably not even a standard league player. Yeah, I, I out of necessity, he might flirt with, simply for the fact that he happens to be playing 28 minutes a game, he might be flirting with uh, standard league relevancy, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities that he is not on a roster in a standard league. I'm with you. So don't get excited about Trevor Booker. Don't um, try to out-calculate yourself. Uh, and I think that's what I like most about um, fantasy basketball is that you can get in the deep in the spreadsheets, you can do a lot of the analytics, but the eye test still matters. And I think that goes for stats in, in, in the NBA as well. The eye test still matters. If your statistics um, don't pass the eye test, then your statistics are probably wrong. But if the eye test shows that a guy's good and the statistics shows he's bad, your statistics are probably wrong there too. So you got to have – you have to do both, and you have to understand uh, the way – teams will actually do the rotations and those rotations are going to be the most important thing uh, moving into the preseason for solidifying your, your 50 top, you know, anything below the first 50 players who are probably pretty guaranteed their playing time. After that, those, those random breakouts like Trevor Booker last year are going to be based on rotation. Well, and that's just kind of the difference between rankings and projections, right? I mean, you can make projections and if your minutes are slightly off, in the sense that you give Trevor Booker 30 minutes a night, like obviously he's going to shoot up your projections just because more minutes equals more stats. Okay. But then when you look at it from a rankings perspective and go, wow, Trevor Booker is my 70th ranked player. That can't be right. And then you can kind of either change your projection or you can just artificially move him down and move some other guys ahead of him. I mean, I think that's where the two kind of blend together, whereas, as like you're saying, a lot of people, they just go on their projections. And when their projections are wrong, that's where they lose. And that's uh, exactly – I want you to remember what you just said and repeat that verbatim to Mark Roberts when he comes on the show. <laughs> just, just tear down those projections that he put. Come on, you're the edit master here. Can't you just clip that and play it for him? I'll put it in there, and then I'll have him responding, you are right, Tyler. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll edit it. It'll be magical. So yeah, I think that's it for tonight. Um, we will be continuing with our NBA team previews throughout the next few weeks uh, before the preseason starts. And like I said, we'll get Mark Roberts to talk about those rankings. And we are going to be uh, doing a mock draft here uh, sometime next month. I'm not, I'm not sure when. And we are soliciting, uh, per usual. We're always soliciting something on the podcast, but this time we're soliciting something fun instead of vulgar comments. Um, <laughs> we're soliciting people to join our listener league. So if you can, uh, if you want to join the listener, uh, 
hashtag basketball.coms, watching the boxes, fantasy listener league 2017 18 season forever. League. That was the worst title I've ever heard. That's the title of the league. I'm sorry. That's what it's called. That's exactly what it's called. So um, hopefully I can remember that and write it down. Um, but yeah, that's if you want to join that league, feel free to uh, DM either me at Watch the Boxes on Twitter or Tyler at, I guess, say your Twitter name. What? Do your Twitter name. No, you're supposed to say it. You're the host here. Oh my God. <laughs> at Watsy. Four, 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 four. That's four fours. So if you've got the three fours, you still need another four. There make you sure, go. So you got it. Make or, sure it's as confusing as possible. Or you can DM the hashtag basketball Twitter account, which is at hash basketball. Pretty easy to find. Um, you can DM. And our man who runs the hashtag basketball.com has promised me that the winner of this league, which is going to be me, okay, so I'm excited about this, is going to get something awesome for winning this league. Yeah, there is a there is a secret prize that uh, will be revealed at some point in the near future for the winner of this league. And um, maybe or maybe not, we will ask you some questions about how you defeated us in this league as well on this podcast. So... If you want to join, DM any of those accounts that you heard. And if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, feel free to um, rate us, review us. That really helps the podcast. It really helps people find us. Or tell a friend, tell a coworker, uh, write it on a spray paint it on a wall in your city. Um, any any anything that would work to get the the word out about our podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, stay tuned for more NBA team previews. Thanks for joining us, everybody.